0: Checker's Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Janke and I've got Corey Litton right here with me for another
1: episode. Checker's and Records Victory Lap. kfgo.com. Another year older but not wiser at all. I made it through my birthday yet again. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't remember much from it, but I did it. <laughs> good.
0: The big uh the big one. The big, one. F- the big uh, I like to say the big 40. 40 again. 40 again. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't, we... I
1: don't know if I want to completely repeat repeat
0: that year. So <laughs> let's just start new. Sure, sounds good to me. Well, we've got a uh, a lot to cover here on this episode. We've got uh, some NASCAR news. We've got uh, spoilers is back.
1: That's right. We're, yeah. we're bringing back some of the bits. Uh, yeah. Our interviews coming back too. We got a got a pretty good guest here today, lined up, and we got a lot of lots of local news coming up here. Um, local season stops now. Everybody decides. Okay, we're making announcements. Yep. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's been it's been a very interesting week. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's just get right after
0: it with uh, the last lap from NASCAR.com. One lap to go. Presented by Credit One Bank. Larson with a three tenth of a second lead. Bell. A final effort through
1: one and two. Down the back stretch for the final time. Big gain right there by the 20 car.
0: Through three and four for the final time. Now lap traffic coming into play. Bell on the high side. Larson's gonna drift up in front of him. Does Bell have enough? It's Larson, Bell, Larson, Larson's gonna win. What a finish by Kyle Larson. job Larson advances to the championship four but
1: what an effort by the 20 of Christopher Bell so yeah Uh, yeah that was uh that was an interesting end to that one um it came down to the very end but Kyle Larson was able to hold off Christopher Bell to win in Las Vegas I like that. My favorite part of that clip. Yeah. The one person that just kind of nonchalantly went, good job. Yep. Good job. Um, yeah. <laughs> L- Larson <laughs> rebounded le- rebounded from an early ra- race uh, brush with the turn two wall for his 23rd win of his career, tying him for 36th all time with Ricky Rudd. It's also just his 17th win in the last three years since his, his year off. Huh. He's won 17 races. That's crazy. Uh, ever since he joined Henrik. So, uh, so yeah, let's do the math. Uh, what career move was really good uh, out of this one. (laughs) Should he have stayed with Ganassi or no? Uh, I think he's doing well for himself. I think he's doing all right. Um, The win locks him into the championship four here in two weeks in uh, Phoenix. Uh, Stage one uh, it was won by uh, a guy named Kyle Larson. Uh, Christopher Bell, he got second. Um, This looks pretty close to the way this ends too. Um, Brad Keselowski finished in the third spot. Tyler Reddick in fourth. Martin Truex in uh, Martin Truex Jr. in fifth. Ryan Blaney, he finished in the sixth spot. Then it was Denny Hamlin in seventh, Kyle Busch in eighth, Kevin Harvick in ninth, and William Byron in tenth. Yep, stage number two,
0: Kyle Larson won that, Ross Chastain second, Christopher Bell 3rd, 4th was Denny Hamlin, then Brad Keselowski in 5th, 6th was William Byron, Kyle Busch in 7th, Ryan Blaney 8th, Tyler Reddick ninth and Bubba Wallace rounded out the top 10 for stage number 2. On to the finish, of course, Kyle Larson 1st, Christopher Bell 2nd, Kyle Busch in the 3rd spot, Brad Keselowski 4th, Ross Chastain 5th, Ryan Blaney after him. In 7th was William Byron, uh, Tyler Reddick, 8th, ninth, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin rounded out
1: the top 10. How'd they look in points? Well, Kyle Larson, he's uh, locked in to the championship four, obviously the only one so far, Uh, so he'll be your point leader right now. William Byron is plus 9 over the cut cut line in uh, the second spot. Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin both tied at plus 2 above the cut line. Then uh, right behind them... uh, on the outside, looking in, as of now, it's Christopher Bell, who is two points back. Tyler Reddick is 16 points back in sixth. Ryan Blaney, very vindicated Ryan Blaney, sitting in seventh, uh, 17 points back, along with Chris Buescher, also 17 points back from the cut line. And they've got two
0: two races to go, I believe, until uh, the, the they ended out in Phoenix,
1: correct? Anything can happen. This, Anything this can weekend, happen. This weekend, it's... Uh, it's uh yeah we'll get to that in a second here but yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the mm-hmm. ratings first. NBC drew a one point three with two point one nine four million viewers, down five hundred thousand, but last year, but still up over the average by about a hundred thousand viewers. Last year was kind of an anomaly where they had a lot of people watching this mm-hmm. uh, this race. Um, but still more proof that NASCAR is dying. <laughs> uh, the betting lines, I just kind of looked this up. I, I was kind of interested in this one. So to win, win this weekend, they're going to be racing at Homestead, Miami, one ish on NBC, Sunday, October 22nd. Uh, Kyle Larson is the favorite to win here yet again. Okay. He's, he You know, any track that's a mile over, you can pretty much expect him, except for the restrictor plate tracks. He seems to excel at all of those all oh, the mile and a half the cookie cutter ones that we don't like so much but uh homestead's not so much a cookie cutter but it's the closest to a dirt track that you can find because if your car doesn't work on the bottom you can run all the way right on the wall hmm. and he likes to do that yeah, he He's does currently favored at a plus 250 right now Tyler Reddick is plus 550 Martin Truex Jr third uh third most favored in this one plus 600 Ryan Blaney and Ross Chastain are both at plus 1800 but if you go into the head to head battle Ryan Blaney's favored by 50 points in that one. Um, This (laughs) I had to look at the very bottom too. (laughs) Todd Gilliland, Josh Balicki, JJ Yaley currently Plus one hundred thousand right now, so that is a long shot. Put a put a twenty dollar bill on them. <laughs> well, yeah, why not? <laughs> That's uh, courtesy of DraftKings. I took a look at that one and uh, yeah, found it found it quite interesting. All right, so uh, what's up next for them? Well, again, Sunday, October twenty second, Homestead Miami Speedway. That'll be a one thirty ish start time on NBC. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy though after the race was over in post race news, the left front shock in Ryan Blaney's car was deemed to be. Uh, Legal cheater, which resulted in disqualification, loss of points, and loss of race winnings. But after a day, NASCAR came to its senses and realized that the test was wrong, reinstated oh. reinstated reinstate all of Blaney's points and winnings, retested it at their facility and found out the test was wrong. Oh. Um, so this is this is a first because uh I mean they admitted it before when <laughs> um the last time they admitted that a test was wrong. Uh-huh was tim richmond (laughs) when they they're trying to find out what kind of drugs he was on yeah and they they found all kinds of drugs in his system but that you know we all know the what happened there oops sorry but uh they even said in that one uh we took a test well the test was bad (laughs) well their test was bad here out, out in vegas too i mean anyone that knows anything about race cars knows that you don't need a good left front shock (laughs) <laughs> left front wheel and in, in some drivers is pretty much worthless yeah leave the left front at home yes so, sir vindicated he is uh back to not being called or labeled a cheater squeaky clean, clean. he is absolutely the cleanest racer <laughs> in all of racing
0: that's ever lived all right we had some world <laughs> wor-
1: world of outlaws uh action as well Well, Saturday, October 14th, Lakeside Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas. Donnie Schatz rallied back uh, to take the lead late in the race from David Gravel while navigating traffic on the way to uh, the white flag to pick up win number 311 of his career. Gravel held on for second. Brad Sweet finished in third. So your top two in points, finished second and third in that one, too. Gravel really desperately needed that win uh, going into the crunch time coming up here. The points sit like this. Brad Sweet has eight thousand nine hundred and forty-six points. David Gravel sitting in second. He is sixty-six points back. He cut two points off of that uh, that spread right there. Carson Macedo is a negative is is behind by uh, one hundred and thirty-two points. Then Gio Sells sitting in fourth, four hundred and forty-four points back. Logan Schuhart four hundred and sixty-two points back in fifth. Donnie Shots five hundred and two points back in the sixth spot tonight. And this ties into our next two segments, pretty much. Nice. Uh, Friday, October twentieth, and Saturday, October twenty-first, the Devil's Bowl Speedway in Mesquite, Texas. Um, and this marks a really, really uh, tough, uh, uh, tough announcement to have to make right near, right now. Uh, and you know, last week it was announced during the races uh, out of Lakeside, Kansas. Uh, That the country's most famous one of the country's most famous racetracks devils bowl speedway in mesquite texas will be closing down after this weekend's world of outlaws event after 50 years of operation Hmm. Uh, the world of outlaws were uh, born there back in 1978 that was where the inaugural race for the world of outlaws was at and they'll be holding their 89th and 90th races at the historic half mile. With yeah. urban sprawl creeping in, the property owner Lanny Edwards recently told uh, NBC in uh, Dallas Fort Worth that the time is the time is now. That's... So, unfortunately, he had to sell. Uh, they're expecting a highway to go right through basically where one of the buildings is right oh, right, really? right there, and so he's losing all of it. And he might. It's uh, another thing that that was said in that interview with uh, Dallas Fort Worth NBC uh, affiliate down there um, was uh, his dad on his on his deathbed kind of said you know eventually that property is going to be worth more uh than what what it would be to hold on to it so mm-hmm. you you know you got to do something with it eventually yeah well they, like you said then the time is now and so- that that brings me up to one of our uh, a revival of 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 some sorts yeah i guess <laughs> spoilers
0: breakdowns and setup sheets you've got a spoiler for us this week get back to dirt a
1: season inside the devil's bowl that's right. It came out in two thousand five. Uh, it was an it's an hour and twenty one minutes. You can rent it or buy it on Amazon or an Apple TV, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. It stars a lot of the street stock drivers from uh, from out there inside of the de- the that raced inside the Devil's Bowl back in the two thousand two season. Uh, it's Doug Smith, Trandell White, who's quite interesting in that one. Everybody in here is interesting in their own way, which I, mm-hmm. I find awesome. Um, you have uh Travis Pace, who is like one of the f- front running favorite guy- kind of guys. Uh Thomas Weeks, um who is a very interesting person too as so well. He's basically the de facto um uh <laughs> the uh like kind of narrator of the whole movie. Okay. Although he does not have the greatest uh English of all time. Okay. <laughs> one of the phrases he says is least payingest. Least payingest? Yeah. Yeah. I should have sent you the the link to this one because it was a, it's a good one. I should have just brought you the DVD that I've had since oh, 2005. There you go. Knock the dust off of that. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Quick Jr., who is a car owner for Gala Jones, who is married to Andy Jones, and um, Andy Jones races as well, couldn't get a car together. Jimmy Quick Jr. turns this into quite an interesting moment out here. It, it, it's a... It's, it's great. Again, it's a documentary about the 2002 Street Stock season of the Devil's Bowl. You got crashes, conspiracy theories, love triangles. The movie has it all. Um, uh, one of my favorites was uh, Trandell White being one of the guys that accuses people of cheating the mm-hmm. most. Okay. And gets caught cheating <laughs> <laughs> towards the end of it. Uh, <laughs> no, my car's legal and he mm-hmm. talks about how cheap it was cheaply built. It was and it's like he's using a, a non-stock ignition system <laughs> in there. <laughs> he's getting told they're getting tore down. So they uh, one of his crew guys goes put that in your trailer. <laughs> yeah, why? Because <laughs> it's not legal. That's great. <laughs> So what do you give this one? Oh, I definitely give it a green flag. Uh, Since the movie came out in 2005, this has been near the top of my racing movie list. So uh go ahead and watch it. All right, I got to check that one out. That's it sounds good. I'm I'm
0: down for that. I and I'm a documentary junkie, so it's uh,
1: it's an interesting one. I mean, there's there's no true narrator in it. It's kind mm-hmm. of like they it's just it's a lot of spliced together yeah. interview things like that and uh and then racing action. I mean, and, and it's shot well. Yeah. It's done well and in 2002 the level of uh, quality they have for in-car cameras yeah. is quite amazing, because those <laughs> yeah. things had to have been 20 pounds. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like GoPros were a thing at the time. So I mean, right. they, it, was, it was really impressive with a, a lot of the lot of cinematography in there.
0: Good. All right. We've also got a winter view set up. We are going to speak with Grant Oskvig. He, he's a superstar official, as you said. So yep. here is Grant all right, so we have Grant Oskvig on the line. Grant is a, uh, as Corey says, superstar official flagman uh, from Jewel, Iowa. Grant, thanks for joining us here on Checkers & Wreckers Victory Lab.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: So, so Grant, uh, um, you know, we'll start it off. You know, what kind of got you involved in racing?
2: Um, well, my dad started working um, Webster City Racetrack in 1983, Uh, My grandpa told him he needed to find a hobby. Uh, He was working too hard on the farm. And um, our fuel guy happened to run the racetrack that year and asked if he wanted to kind of, kind of worked out to come work at the races. And uh, we were hooked on it ever since. No kidding. So I got started up in the stands and watched and just slowly started working into it. I learned how to count by running the lap counter. (laughs) And uh the leaderboard, you know, when you had to turn the old dials. Um and that's that's kinda how it all started.
1: So you've kind of always been behind the scenes so much, uh with the, in, your involvement in racing. You just kinda instantly been you got put put to work, so to say.
2: Yep, yep. Um, yeah, so it worked like at the lap counter I said and then uh when I got up into the in my teens, um, Robert Lawton was uh, kind of a big promoter in central Iowa at that time. I think he ran five racetracks and did some world of Outlaws shows around the, the country as well. And a neighbor of mine would go to Marshalltown on Friday and then, um, Mason city on Sundays. And then he ran Boone of course, but, uh, I would ride with him to Marshalltown, jump in the camper with B and Lottie and then, uh, go to Boone on Saturday And then Mason city on Sunday, my dad would pick me up at the boondocks on their way home. (laughs) Back to Des Moines. So that's kind of how it, when I was in my, you know, early teens, 12, 13, that's what I did. Spend my summers jumping in with them and running around.
1: So you had to get quite the education by hanging out with people like that. Didn't you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I did. I learned a lot um, on all aspects of of life, um, which was fun. You know, sometimes you're a, Fourteen-year-old kid trying to get between two guys that are, uh, you know, twice the size as you are. Just hope that they don't swing, or you got to. Duck.
1: <laughs> so, how do you keep such a uh, such a calm demeanor in a situation like that? I mean, uh, I mean, you you have you're not exactly the largest guy either when it comes to anything. Uh, like a lot of the people are that that race around this area and and in your area as well too. So, how do you keep a calm demeanor and keep the situation under hand?
2: Uh, I, I guess that's just my personality a little bit um, more of a, a little bit of a laid back guy until I need to make a decision or a, a call or something like that. And I just try and talk to him, talk to him through it. And, you know, uh, racing is a very intense, um, intense sport, you know, very lots of emotions, uh, which is great for the passion of the sport. Um, we just got, I got to try and take a step back and, and, you know, it's not the end of the world you know it's a, it's a bad situation but we'll work through it type thing. Um there was plenty of times in my early on I didn't know if I was going to make it out of the circle, you know. Um when they had to make a the call, they weren't too happy with me, but we always talked through it and sometimes if it got too they were too upset, I said, you know, we're going to take this uh conversation, we'll table it and when you can calm down, we'll we'll finish it whether that's next week or middle of the week or whatever that is. Um so Sometimes I've had to walk away. They're not too excited about that, but um, I've always went back to them, and, and then we worked it out. So, so have, Sometimes they're still not happy with me, but uh, that's just part of the game.
1: Have, have you ever been approached to be like a mediator for a divorce or anything like that? I <laughs> <They>
2: have not. <laughs> Sounds like you have a calling that
1: you missed. High school principal, maybe.
0: <laughs>
2: well, a bus director is uh, is close enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's kind of talk a little bit about uh, I, I do remember one specific incident where we had a, we had the grant cam where we made a we took a Casey's oh, hat it. and then gave it to you over at the Super Nationals in Boone. And you did have a moment where somebody came up to the where you're flagging from. And I, I we went to your camera right when that happened, when someone was. So you get a close up view of the person yelling at you and you can see your hand pointing at them to tell them to, to get out of there. Uh, do you remember that moment?
2: Oh, I absolutely do. That w- that was, uh, yeah, it was, and I may even remember the call. It was a sport mod. Um, kind of got crossed up on the front stretch. I'm not exactly sure how, but it was the dad of the kid that got crossed up, came to the flag stand and uh he wasn't very happy and i just explained it was a call on the racetrack you need to go sit down or otherwise you'll be extorted on out and uh he he did listen he wasn't very happy but i said the call was made that's all we can do bud
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i think you could be a mediator for uh for divorces or something like that yeah you definitely have that that uh that in you um so Let's kind of go in a little bit here with uh, where, where do you really work right now and uh, what, is, what do your, are your job titles, so to say?
2: Um, right now I work at Boone Speedway on Saturdays. I'm the race director there. And then on Sundays I go over to Vinton and I'm the head scorer, trans, transponder scorer there. And then I just kind of travel wherever I can, you know, whenever it works in my farming and, and bus life. Um, I slide down to um, Kokopos Speedway in Yuma for the Winter Nationals. Um, going down to Casa Grande here at the end of November for their big showdown, and then um, I get to travel up to uh, see you guys and on the Mod Tour there for the Coda Tour.
1: So you know, getting to travel a bit, you know, get kind of getting out of your your area. Uh, obviously, with working with farming and everything like that, and, and getting to travel the and. Entire distance basically around north dakota how interesting is it to go kind of see different parts of the the country and their agriculture and everything like that
2: oh i absolutely love it that's uh that's part of the perk of getting to to travel do what i love is going to the races and then also seeing the different farming aspects and in the countryside it's it's pretty sweet and having you know our Corey, our personal tour guide up there in dakota <laughs> Canada, <laughs> is pretty darn fun
1: too Getting all the good stuff. So, do you have any? And,
2: and the good food. We got to hit the good food. Yeah, it's the good that's, food. That's our main goal, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't get this body by not doing stuff like that. And if you eat like me, For you sure. can have a body like mine too. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so, you know, what are some you know good stories that kind of stick out a little bit on the road? Like, is, is has there ever been like a, a major close call or anything like that when you're uh, you've been driving around? Because obviously, you've got a ton of miles in you.
2: Sure. Um, it, as far as on the racetrack goes, or right, yeah, um, just to
1: and from or whatever.
2: Yeah, I, to and from is pretty. I mean, other than you know a raccoon here or there, but nothing major as far as driving, which is uh, a blessing. Um, close calls. I've the, I've been on the flag stand at Boone three times when it's got taken out twice from Rock and Ronnie Wallace, <laughs> and. Uh, the, <laughs> The third one I don't remember. I just remember it being a loud film when it went by. Yikes! Um, those are those are the close calls. You know, you see a Wix filter go by, you're like, "Oh, hello."
1: <laughs> oh yes, that means the car's on its side in the bottom of its right it is looking right at you.
2: Yeah, as it's going by. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was one time in Marshalltown, I was flagging, and a guy lost a tire. And it had made a complete lap. By It was just the rubber part, right? Just the outer. I don't know how it happened, but it was it And the cars would bump it as they would go by, and it would keep going. <laughs>
1: it made a complete
2: lap. Finally, it was in a gap where there was no cars, so I jumped down, grab it, throw it up there. I threw it too hard, bounced off the fence, and come back on the racetrack at me. <laughs> so I had to throw it back up, and by the time they were coming, the fleeters were... We're just coming off of turn four that was plenty close for me.
1: That's pretty nuts, <laughs> but yeah, kind of going back a little bit uh, to to tell everybody uh kind of describe it for everybody that the at audit boone um and I believe Marshalltown's kind of the same way too, right? You're standing on top of the wall when you're flagging there. you're not like in a real stand, so to say, like up you know like ten feet above the racetrack. you're literally right there, like right next to where the wall is, aren't you?
2: yeah, yeah, that's correct. There's no perch, shall I call it, but. Well, my feet are about the, the top of the race cars is where my feet stand. Oh, um, so it, it's a, it's a pretty quick drop to the, to the race cars to get stuff or we do it probably more than we should at Boone is get down and pick up debris that are, that's close to us. But I always say, you know, I expect corner workers to try and get out there if we can, um, to save time. And, and especially at super nationals, when we have so many cars running, um, to get the parts, I, I should do the same thing. So that's what I do. So, um, but yeah, it gets a little hairy. One time there was a, a bumper that fell off a hobby stock and it was just to my left a little bit about midway down the racetrack. And back then we had a, an assistant that always stood there with us even in heat races and stuff. And so I just handed the flag to him and took off. I got there and, that it was not an aluminum bumper only that thing was heavy. <laughs> and I missed it the first time and I had to turn around, and go back and grab it. So that was, that was fun.
1: <laughs> and you haven't been hit. <laughs> I have
2: not been hit. There, I've had some that other people don't really like it and tell me that was too close, but I've not been hit and, and I prefer to keep it that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we do also. Um, Grant Oskvig is our guest here on Checkers and Records, Victory Lab, KFGO, KFGO.com. Um Grant, uh, so let's talk a little bit about Super Nationals here. Um, Super Nationals, it's the biggest dirt track race in the country, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. It, it's great. It's uh, I kind of refer to it as a Freeman reunion most of the time because I only get to see them a couple times a year, the people that get to come there. If you have over 1,000 race car drivers, it's kind of a big deal.
1: It, yeah, and... Along with that, I mean, there's how many days does that run?
2: Well, uh, it's I pretty much consider it Saturday to Saturday, Saturday to Saturday now.
1: Excuse me. And and that's uh, eight days. Yeah, and and, uh, like you said, you go through a thousand race car drivers out there, and that's not counting all the ones that are some are duplicates too, right? There's a few of them. There might even be more cars than there are drivers out there.
2: Yeah, yep, I believe so. I think that's how they tally it. I'd have to ask Mr. Ryan Clark on that, but he's the numbers man and all that stuff. But, yeah, I believe that's correct.
1: So, I mean, how do you make it through, like, how much coffee do you have to drink uh, <laughs> to get through an event like this?
2: Well, I usually have one in the morning, one pot probably in the morning, and then uh, then we switch, switch to uh, an energy drink here and there. One well, pot, <laughs> one pot, yeah. That's just like what, twelve cups or just, whatever it just is, just to take the edge
1: <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and it, it's, it's it's an incredible event. I've I, I've had the chance to be a part of it a couple of times. Been been down there, and it's it's tough to describe, isn't it?
2: It it is it is it really is. There's, you know, I don't get to kind of meander around anymore. I'm kind of in my twelve foot box there that I guess stay in all night long, but. Um, it sounds it's. There's other events going on, kind of during the races, sometimes too. Uh, it it's definitely an experience. Let's say that.
1: And it just pretty much brings all of uh, Central Iowa together. Well, pretty much the whole country as far as racing goes. Uh,
2: absolutely, yeah. It, it comes from all parts of the states, uh, coming together in Canada as well. So it, it's pretty cool. It's a really neat event to have people come from all over and and uh, get to see them. So, they come to my home state, and uh, it's a good time.
1: So after eight days of doing it, um, and, and uh, th- over 1,000 racers who have to race more than once, so several thousand r- laps that are out there on that uh, that speedway, what are the next couple of days like when you're done uh, doing the Super Nationals?
2: Um, Sundays, you kind of a uh, get back to reality-type day. Um Because, you you know, you're just in race mode all the time. Kind of forget about the outside world a little bit. At least that's what my wife says. (laughs) Um, I I just whatever's happening in Boone's Speedway Circle is all that's really going on. And uh, so Sunday's kind of a little bit of a recoup day. And uh, bring the camper home, and, and I get ready back for work on Monday.
1: That's, uh, that's insane to me. I I needed, I know at least when I did the couple of times and I came home the following day, I, I needed at least two or three days to recover after that. And I wasn't even partying or anything like that. Like most of the people do in the pits throughout the whole thing. That's another whole story right there. But, uh, yes, that, that is. All right, uh, Grant Osvig is our guest here on, uh, on checkers and records victory lap and kfgo and kfgo.com uh, grant um, so when you're not racing you kind of mentioned it a little bit let's kind of, what's uh w- what do you do when you're not racing
2: uh, I farm um, right at about a thousand acres and then um, I also run the transportation for our school district here at South Hamilton
1: okay so I, I mean it's, it's is is that a is it flexible enough to keep you uh in the flag stand so to say
2: uh yeah they uh they work with me really well um as long as I kind of have stuff covered um as far as busing and stuff goes uh, they they're pretty flexible with me uh it's not a full time position it's uh half to three quarter they call it, so I just have a max hours that I can put in so and they don't care when I put those in so sometimes it's uh, I go fix buses after I get out of the combine or the catch cart, whichever one my father-in-law isn't in, and uh, go fix buses and then come home. and Yeah, so sometimes I don't see the kiddos uh, for a few days because uh, I'm up before they leave, and I'm, they're in bed when I get home.
1: <laughs> so um, one of the things that I, I thought was pretty neat is that uh, you make your own flags, don't you? Uh,
2: yeah. Um, well, I assemble them, let's say, okay. um, I don't, I'm not a sewer, so I, I have those made and then I put them on my own poles. I never was a big fan of the wooden dowel sticks. Um, they just didn't flex. They're heavy. And I didn't really want to have rotator cuff surgery at a young age when I was flagging so much there, there was years I was flagging over a hundred nights, uh, a summer, so uh, I came up with some some lighter weight, flexible uh, hmm. flags.
1: So where do you learn a technique on how to flag from? Because uh, I know there are several uh, several different styles I've seen over the years. You know, you get the the typical straight ahead. You know, never really done it before. Flag flagger. Then you have the people that really put a lot of effort into it, like like you do, and uh, like Logan Kelly do also down there in your your neck of the woods. Um, where do you learn your technique from?
2: Uh, is actually from Toby Cruz is where I got my technique from. Um, and that's kind of who got me started in flagging, uh, that when I was uh senior in high school was going to be his last year at Mason city at the old I 35 speedway. And I, he was looking for a replacement. And I said, Hey, I'd like to learn. And he was going to be there all summer. So that's kind of, I, assisted him for three quarters of it and then he started letting me just take over as as the season went on you know lower level and moving on up but i always enjoyed his um flag style or flag waving style i should maybe say um and so i just watched that and learned and actually i went home in front of a big fan and started waving so i didn't (laughs) look like a fool when, when i was out in front of 800 people and and uh, just got it so it didn't tangle up all the time. Anyway, but that's how I learned behind the scenes. Anyway,
1: well, that's uh, that, that, it.
2: Was it was definitely after Toby Cruz. He he taught me a lot.
1: Okay, well, that's that's awesome. Uh, so, uh, Grant, uh, we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. You've already done the Super Nationals so far this year. So, you got uh, just what do you have coming up here for racing action?
2: Uh, I'm actually just booked my tickets here this last week to go down to the show down there in Grande. Um, Arizona here, November 17th through the 20th or 19th. I guess I fly home on the 20th and then, uh, then we'll be winter nationals in January from January 2nd or 3rd
1: to the 15th. Well, it sounds like you have a, have a still a pretty good schedule coming up here for you. If you want to come up here and flag, uh, for, uh, some of the ice racing, you're more than welcome to come up here. I'm sure they'll let you do it.
2: I'm sure they will, but you know, that's kind of cold. I don't know how you guys do it up there. <laughs> Between you and Becca, that Fargo pile or whatever the mountain that's The crazy. snow pile, <laughs> Mount Fargo, Mount Fargo—that's it. I, I knew I knew it didn't have the lingo right, but um, <laughs> man! And then this last winter, when Becca would send me uh, pictures
1: of the snow piles, I'm like, that's
2: just insane.
1: <laughs> You're not that far away from us. You got to have some kind of winter, don't you?
2: Oh, we do, but just not, we didn't get, we haven't got that for a few years. I think 2011 was probably the the last time we had that, that much snow, where it was, uh, I called it Tunnel Village. We couldn't even see the UPS truck type <laughs> thing coming down the gravel road. Well, great. But nothing like you, the guys, have gotten.
1: Yeah, we do, uh, we do kind of hoard our snow up here. <laughs> um, yeah. Grant, thank you for taking some time with us here today. We really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, uh, hopefully your parts come here very soon so you don't have to sit and wait too long to uh, fix your combine.
2: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, thanks for having me on, and enjoy sharing a little bit with you guys. Hopefully you learned a little something.
0: Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Grant. We appreciate the time.
2: You betcha. Thanks a lot.
0: Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, there he was, Grant Oskvig. Super straight, nice guy. Straight out of Jewel, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, really nice guy. Yeah, you said it before that you wouldn't think this guy is a hard-nosed flag stand guy.
1: You're having to make like, <laughs> a, like immediate decisions that could, uh, it, I mean, but obviously, you know, when we heard about him jumping on the racetrack to grab things <laughs> and jump back <laughs> up there, uh, obviously, I mean, he's still, he still, you know, flirts with disaster a little bit and there. A, a little, little bit. danger. yeah. So, uh, all right. So what else happened? Well, uh, in local news, the Wissota national champions were officially crowned. Last week was the final week of the point season for, for uh, Wissota auto racing around this area, meaning all the champions were crowned. Justin Barsness uh, ended up winning in the Hornets. Josh Berg was the uh, champion of the pure stocks. Tommy Bodden won in the Mod 4s for the second time in his career. Then uh, the Wolverine, Justin Vogel, he got the second uh, national championship in his street stock career. Zach Benson won in the Midwest modifieds and stop me. If you've heard this one, Shane Sabraski won uh, both the super stocks in the modifieds. (laughs) That's 11 national titles in three classes that he is. uh, He's accomplished here. Uh, And then rookie Tyler Peterson won in the late models. That's his third national title in two classes. He was the um, two time modified winner as well. So uh, that was uh, all the champions have been crowned out there. And then we also had something really interesting. Okay. Um, this last week, um, at the Dakota Speedway in Mandan, uh, they have, they switched it, it, Actually, it was just a little over a day ago. They made the announcement Wednesday, October 18th, uh, Dakota Speedway board of directors. I'm reading straight from their Facebook page here. Uh, their board of directors made a decision to tra- transition from Wasota street stocks to IMCA stock cars for the 2024 racing season. And if you want to know what the real difference behind this the the cars are, we we interviewed Ryan Saturn. He did a really good job yep. of that. When you can, and you can catch that right underneath the podcast tab or uh, on Spotify or yep, all of, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, he did a fantastic job of explaining. It's basically just kind of setback or like the the way the cars are built. Yep, it, but they are designed to be somewhat similar. Uh, it's whatever the stock class is. Um, the board of directors are currently working on a fair and even set of transition rules for a brief transition period that would allow the Wasota street stocks to also race with the IMCA stock cars. One of those transition rules have, when those transition rules have been ironed out, they will share them on the Dakota speedway drivers page. Any questions and concerns uh, about the transition can be directed towards the board of directors. They will be having another meeting. Their next general membership meeting will be Thursday, November 9th. uh, And uh, that's where they're going to, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a lot of a lot of explaining to do, uh, or I should say a lot of questions to answer. Yeah. Yeah. People want to know. Yeah. And I generally like to stay out of the uh, topics as far as, you know, giving my opinion on it Mm -hmm. uh, with either way, because I'm of the concern right now, or I should say I'm I'm in the position where I've worked for for both IMCA and Wasoda. Yeah. Sometimes at the same track. And to me, racing is racing. You throw yep. a green flag and a bunch of people are supposed to go really fast <laughs> yep. until they throw a flag that's yeah. got two colors on it, black and white. and uh, um, Try to finish first. And if you do it, if you get there before everybody else, um, you're a winner. Yeah. Or unless they tell you to stop for other things, we could go into this forever. <laughs> but yeah, I, to me, it, does, it doesn't so much matter what the sanctioning body is on there. I think... IMCA stock cars are just a little bit more exciting and entertaining to watch than the Wasota street stocks, but the wasota street stocks put on a great show too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's tough to, for me to flip a coin in this one. It's like trying to pick between kids at this point, yeah. and and uh, I don't want to do that. Right? Yeah. So, but <laughs> I think it'll be good for them in the way that um, it kind of helps them out with. With with my the drivers from Minot that have stock cars, Williston and Dickinson also have a lot of drivers like that that might help uh, get some of the drivers from the western part of the state over to uh, uh, Mandan for racing out there. It's going to hurt out at the um at an underwood there uh, their their race track because, you know they they race on the same night and mm-hmm. they're not far away from each other, yeah, and that that could hurt their car count. Uh, it can also hurt tracks like Wishick. Yeah. Who run Wasota Street Stocks. Right. So now you got a bunch of Wasota Street Stocks that might not make that trip down there, or they might only make the trip down to Wishak. Sure. Now. So who's to say? Jamestown kind of is sitting on an island right now, the Jamestown Speedway, because they're still Wasota Street Stocks. But it's always been in the discussions that, you know, the rumor mill that they might switch. I haven't heard anything specifically from anyone in charge over there. So don't quote me on this one saying, oh, they're going. I don't know. Yeah. Um, It makes sense for me for them to do it here in within maybe a year or so. But uh, we'll see. Uh, It also kind of puts Devil's Lake on an island by itself. Mm -hmm. If that happens. And I mean, they're pretty much forced to switch over at that point because the the best the only closest track they would get is Grand Forks. Yeah, that would have something or maybe maybe the track in Winnipeg.
0: Yeah. Well, anytime there's change, you got a lot of unanswered questions. So we'll see how things play out. Oh, and everyone fears change too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: And yep. it's, it's funny being on the side of this where I'm not involved <laughs> because, you know, working at some of the tracks, you know, you get kind of involved because you're, you know, part of it. Yep. Um, so when, when uh, IMCA first started making its way around this area, when Buffalo river switched over many years back, and that actually paved the way for West Fargo to open up because if it was an IMCA, we were too close to Fergus Falls to get any premier classes or mm-hmm. Grand Forks to get any premier classes. So we had to go with IMCA around here. Yep. But, but kind of watching the transition rules era of this and seeing, you know, people getting really angry about it and then watching how it worked out at the at the very end, and I'm watching the same arguments going on mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing, and I'm like, you know what? though it worked out.
0: Yeah, it all um, worked
1: out. Yep. And a lot of the people that are against it and are going to do everything they can to still stay with the, their original rules, they don't realize that they're actually kind of hurting themselves mm-hmm. a little bit when it comes to it because the people that, in my my experience, the people that were that instantly changed over to the 100% legal, mm-hmm. um, they were, by the time the transition rules were done and everybody else was 100% legal, they were miles ahead of everybody else Sure, as far as what, how how, the, how they knew the cars worked yep. how to get them fast and all that kind of stuff and, and uh, so I mean it the, the the main thing is obviously it's gonna cost money yep so but most people get new stuff anyways <laughs> that's true. So,
0: all right. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, what happened in Formula One?
1: Well, uh, five more races remain in the 2023 Formula One series. They had a, they had a weekend off, but uh, the, the title is all but wrapped up. Uh, it is wrapped up at this point. Uh, but the second biggest race in Texas this weekend will be taking place at the Circuit of Americas in Austin. This is, you know, because the first one is uh, Devil's Bowl. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the uh, second of three Grand Prix in the Formula One schedule this year uh, that are from America. So we're joining the Miami Grand Prix from May 5th and the upcoming Las Vegas Grand Prix on November 18th. So with five races to go in the season that is decided already. Why watch? Because you know what? The points and everything else are pretty fun. Mm hmm. And everybody else racing each other is pretty fun. <laughs> it's just this guy that is out there, uh, you know, on fast forward mode while everybody else is racing, you know, in the yeah, B-Mod class. A different level. Yeah. Uh, Max Verstappen is your point leader, 433 points. Um, again, he can miss the rest of the year and still still have well over 100 <laughs> points. More than Sergio Perez, who has 224 points in second. That's his teammate also. Yeah. Uh, and one of the few other people that has actually won a race this year. Lewis Hamilton has 194 points in the third spot. Fernando Alonso is in the fourth spot, tied with Carlos Sainz with 153 points. So there's still other movers and shakers that could be going on. Mm -hmm. Sunday Again, Sunday, October 22nd, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, 2 p.m. start time on ESPN is when it's all happening. All right. What else is happening? Well, Friday, October 20th uh, through Saturday, October 21st, is the topless Nationals. We're going topless. Oh, boy. We're taking we're taking our tops off of our race cars, uh, and that'll be at Ogilvie Raceway, Ogilvie, Minnesota. That starts tonight and goes tomorrow night. Also, it's pretty much the last last dirt track race of the year um, in the in our area, and last race until until the track conditions improve on all the lakes. Okay, <laughs> uh, all right,
0: and. Uh... One uh, other note, the racing world lost one of the uh, all-time
1: greats this last week. That's right. Uh, the southern gentleman, Freddie Smith, whose 785 wins are second only to how much he was loved off the track, passed away at the age of 76 after a brief battle with leukemia. So uh, rest in peace there, Freddie.
0: Yes, sir. Rest in peace. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. Don't forget, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Google Podcast, Apple, Spotify, all those places, and especially at KFGO.com or on the KFGO app. So for Corey Litton, I'm Ryan Janke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lab.